listener, beware. You gave us the scares. Hello, and welcome to Say Podcast and Die, the mini-sode. Yes, that's right. It's theories and queries. I'm Alyssa. I'm Andy. And today we are going back to that most bountiful of sources, Amazon.com, for some reviews of Goosebumps books. Yeah, it's almost like the Amazon rainforest in terms of the surprisingly toxic (laughs) things that lurk there. But unlike the Amazon rainforest... No one's cutting it down? Yeah, and it doesn't contribute to... Well, overall, on a balance, doesn't contribute to our well-being. No. But we've pulled out some good stuff for you today. That's right. This will hopefully contribute to your well-being. Speaking of Amazon, we are going from the Werewolf of Fever Swamp up to... Deep trouble. From the swamp to the ocean. Yeah. All kinds of cryptids in between. I guess I'll start us off. Take it away. I have to decide which ones to do. All of the children who read the Werewolf of fever swamp were extremely impressed by the rabbit being torn apart that showed up a (laughs) lot when a child left a review for example amazon customer is this person's name five stars strange things are happening in fever swamp first it started with strange howling at night then a rabbit torn to shreds and everybody suspects it's grady's new dog is his dog or a werewolf the author of this book is R.L. Stein. I liked the book very much, and it's better than I expected. <laughs> Which I feel like is like what R.L. Stein, his favorite reviews are the ones that are very couched in like, ah, oh, I didn't think that this would be that good, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's like, you're my second favorite author. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, this one's also by an 11-year-old, and I just think it's really sweet. At first, they start out very committed to not spoil the end of the story. And yeah, so um, best werewolf story I've ever heard is the title. Five stars. I mean, nobody knew, series of six asterisks, was the werewolf. I was totally clueless who the werewolf was. I mean, I thought it was series of six asterisks. (laughs) I really did. Will really hid his clues from being the werewolf quite well. (laughs) I wonder if it wasn't them, but it was Amazon censoring it, and they just missed that because of the the grammar change. (laughs) And then I think also it didn't recognize that because the sentence that starts with Will just sounds like a question. Oh, you might be right. Well, it says, I mean, who would have thought? No clues left behind. Brilliant story. Hope you make some more. (laughs) (laughs) I think he might have made a few more. (laughs) All right. I want to do two more quickly. Yeah. So DAC314 also gave it five stars and put, great story? (laughs) (laughs) The review begins, werewolf? I was skeptical, but I gave it five stars. (laughs) (laughs) It's a great story. And I felt like I was there while reading. Thanks, Stein. (laughs) <laughs> I just love the idea that you're, like, very skeptical of a werewolf story, but you buy one called Werewolf of Fever Swamp. And give it five stars. Yeah. And then, uh, finally, Continuous Reader, five stars. R.L. Stein has a great utilization in expanding his vocabulary vigorously. <laughs> one of his favorite words is shrilly or shrill. <laughs> it's very true. Very true, and in, in the YA ones as well. This word brings his main characters to life with a high-pitched voice, Grady. <laughs> I notice how the characters are fighting one another about the fact who is the werewolf. It was a skeptical decision whether it was the dog wolf or the fever swamp hermit. I noticed the character Will had been awfully willful in explaining horror stories about this fever swamp. Grady had the right idea and understood that Wolf was not the werewolf. (laughs) Emily did not understand, but was more skeptical to blame all her emotions on Wolf without analyzing the situation a little more. In the end, the parents and Emily are in for a great surprise. Whatever happened to Cassie? 
Also, <laughs> the other characters were never mentioned again afterwards. <laughs> this is an astute reader. I know. And has a good vocabulary. Yeah. Great book, Mr. Stein. Keeps the suspense in his stories. To be a page turner always. <laughs> uh, to be a page turner always. Yeah. Isn't that something we all want to aspire to? Yeah, I want that on a shirt. Yeah. So moving on to You Can't Scare Me. This review is one out of five stars, and the title and the first sentence are the same. My four-year-old nephew wasn't impressed, nor was I. <laughs> That's the title and the review. That's the first sentence of the review. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> R.L. Stein usually has the reader on her toes, but this book has you hoping for the end. Nice use of the general her, though. Yeah. One child trying to scare another isn't what a Goosebumps book usually entails. Bummer. But we'll move on to another. Did they not read the ending, where there was swamp monsters? I don't have that information. Yeah. Okay. Two out of five stars. So the title is, in brackets, clever joke about how accurate the title is. <laughs> Ooh, that was sick. Nice. This book is literally two pages of monsters and 118 pages of lame kids failing to prank someone objectively more awesome than they are. I think that was your review also. Oh, yeah, it was. One star. Did you write that? I didn't, but I kind of said it. <laughs> One out of five stars, bad book. It was not scary at all, so it sucks. I'm a writer myself. For your next book, write something so scary my eye will bleed and give my nightmares. And I'm 27. I don't eat much, so I'm very skinny. I have green eyes and long blonde hair. I think Arl Stein wrote that one. <laughs> yeah. Wow, that person really seems like they could ghostwrite goosebumps. It's true. Uh, okay, so... I felt like I needed to be more fair to You Can't Scare Me and pull a five-star review. I chose this rating because it was pure greatness. All the thrills and surprises were fantastic, like when they tried to scare Courtney, but ended up scare Courtney and themselves. <laughs> this book had nothing bad about it. If someone said there was something bad, I would disagree. I don't <laughs> really know who I should recommend it to. So if you have someone in mind, just tell me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't know. I, I want to reach out to them with recommendations. I know. Just be like, how about Joe? Yeah. Because clearly someone told them, like, who would you recommend it to? It's like, I don't know. I think a lot of kids are asked to write Amazon reviews as homework assignments. I know. And use vocabulary words in them, I seem, it seems. It does seem that way. It's really funny. <laughs> I know. Well, do you want to tell them what else you found when you were looking up You Can't Scare Me? Oh, God. So I put in You Can't Scare Me into the Amazon search bar, as one does. And in between the... So there's the book and also three t-shirts came up. And it, there are these three t-shirts by Funny Dad Jokes shirts. And they all say things like, you can't scare me. I have three daughters. You can't scare me. I have two daughters and a wife. And like, you can't scare me. I have two daughters. Like all variations on, I know a woman. Yeah. Slash, I am a, in a family with a woman. And that was the greatest horror of all. Uh, right. It's, it's always the question, like, are the heterosexuals okay? They're not. Yeah, that's so upsetting. Uh, you know what I actually want to see is those three t-shirt wearers in a room. Yeah. <laughs> see what the conversation would be like. And then trying to scare each other. <laughs> I, not even that. I think maybe... Like, I have it worse. I, well, what I would hope is... All three of them converging in a room would make them realize how inappropriate their shirts are. I don't think it would. I think they'd be like, man, you have great taste in shirts. <laughs> well, speaking of great taste, we are coming up on One Day at Horrorland. Hey! So there's a bunch of short ones I would like to get through and then one very long one. So let's go through some of the short ones. Love It, Smiley Face, who gave it five stars. The title of this review is 500 Million Stars. <laughs> I loved the part where the car blows up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry if I'm a spoiler alert. If not, then thanks. But here's what I say. Keep calm and read on. Long live reading. <laughs> oh, wow. I'm not sure that person read the whole book. I no, think... I think they read the first chapter. This is a book about a car that blows up. Yeah. Awesome. Moving on. 
Austin gave it four stars. I really liked this book. It had a lot of good and spooky parts in it. I think that it could have been a little bit longer. I recommend this book to any young reader who enjoys novellas. <laughs> I like the idea that this is really about the length of this book. That's yeah. what makes it. Yeah. You like books of 120 pages. Yeah. You might like this one. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Um, <laughs> Dimple's Delight, who is, you know, we normally get grandparents reviewing these mm-hmm. books. In this case, it's a great uh, aunt or uncle reviewing. Gave it four stars. <laughs> My great niece liked this book, though I don't think she finished it. She loved the book when she had it. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When she no longer had it, she forgot about it. Yeah. And then finally, William, who got quite involved in his review, uh, gave it four stars. Sorry, before we move on to that one, do you think that some people, like, they join Amazon and they decide, like, oh, I've, I, I'm familiar with this book. I'll just write, write a quick review. And they just write reviews for everything? Because that's what that sounds like. Like, oh, my, my niece had this book. I think she liked it. I don't know if she finished it. Yeah, just anything you've kind of heard of. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Call of the Wild. I had a copy of this as a kid. It had a dog on the cover. Yeah, exactly. I never read it. It was from a garage sale. <laughs> I mean, I have a way to spend an afternoon, you know? Mm-hmm. All right. Finally, we have William's very long review. Four stars. And I think William did a little research for this. The 16th and most commercially successful Goosebumps book. It has spawned three sequels, two computer games, one board game, and an entire spin-off series. But this isn't the best Goosebumps book, not even top ten material. This story is a case of a genius idea that fails to be executed. Pardon the pun. <laughs> the setup is fun. Three kids wander around a horror theme park. Each ride's scarier than the other, which at some point suggests certain death. Arlstein really captures that excitement, anticipation, and fear all kids get on scary rides. He has fun building the tension before repeatedly release, <laughs> releasing it, but soon this becomes very episodic. I mean, it is very, a very episodic it book, is, I would yeah. say. Um, actually, a lot of people reviewing this book were pissed about the ending huh. with the pinching. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah. I can see that. The climactic battle in a room of assorted monsters is thrilling yet rushed. It's true. Mm-hmm. The twist is strange. <laughs> A nod to reality shows before they had become so popular. And the ending, which adds a pinch of poetic comedy, and then some, really spoils what could have been up there with children's classics such as Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. The book lacks scares and twists, but makes up for it with a monster of an idea that would grow over the series and lead to the best two books Goosebumps has produced, Escape from Horrorland and The Streets of Panic Park. Scares, four out of ten. Deaths, zero. No one really dies at Horrorland, do they? (laughs) Monsters, hundreds. Verdict. Four out of five. Not quite the roller coaster of fear it suggests. It's more like the big wheel. It will raise you up, only to take you straight back down. <laughs> it doesn't really go anywhere, apart from round in circles. But most will just enjoy the ride. The ending will leave you deflated. There's th- This person really likes a good extended metaphor, and I, I appreciate that. But you might just want to return. You've got free passes. <laughs> yeah, I just I can picture that person after writing it, like, sitting back and feeling really satisfied. Putting their pen behind their ear, crossing their arms, going, yeah, that's right. And then refreshing the page to look for people giving it the... The thumbs know, up. <laughs> two people found this helpful. Yeah. <laughs> so up next, Why I'm Afraid of Bees. Good book. Great a lot, book. <laughs> a lot of the titles are variations on bzzz, and one was A Bee's Life. <laughs> two out of five stars. 
Even my 10-year-old self knew something was up with this one. The cover was lazy! Exclamation point. No, it wasn't. The t- no, the cover was great. The cover was memorable. That title, even lazier! Exclamation point. I mean, that's true. It's not about why he's afraid of bees. Yeah. I'm just pointing out the exclamation points. It'll, 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 it'll come back. <laughs> it, it, it matters. The Goosebumps series was a favorite of just about every American 90s kid. This one presumably shows the weight of what a mon- monthly publishing schedule had on Stein's imagination. A oh, ki- just wait. <laughs> yeah, right? A kid, <laughs> a kid wanting to live as someone else with a twist of living as, as his worst fear, a bee was a simple concept that fits the Goosebumps mold well. Unfortunately, filling the book with nothing but short bursts of exclamations nearly <laughs> killed my interest in in the series as a kid. Ah. So let's see, we've had one, two, three in this review so far. Just pointing it out. Maybe they're doing it on purpose. I- ironic, yeah. It's, yeah. it's a pastiche. Especially coming so soon after You Can't Scare Me, another series low point. Agreed. <laughs> Given the amount of exclamation points in this one, the tagline is a real downer. He's no ordinary human being. <laughs> You can imagine the moment of self-awareness the writer gained at the ellipsis and the subsequent loss of faith. Wait, I feel like that started to be written by someone different. Yeah, I don't know exactly what's happening there. Could you repeat that? And again, this is the complete sentence. You can imagine the moment of self-awareness the writer gained at the ellipsis and the subsequent loss of faith. What's the ellipsis? Uh, He's no ordinary human B-ing dot dot dot. So the end of the tagline. I don't think that that writer of that tagline really wrote very much of the book. No, it was not R.L. Stein for sure. <laughs> but maybe they're just imagining some sad ex-grad student copy editor writing that tagline and just feeling super deflated. Or really proud of themselves, like the review you just read. And yeah. Like, hey, hey. See what <laughs> Free I did passes. There? <laughs> Luckily, it was good fun before Lutz the Klutz followed a shady 1993 internet ad, and it was good fun after. Period. Ampersand comma. Despite this being a lazy tale, I still had a silly good time with it. The series is remarkably fun to revisit as an adult, whether the tale's a stinker or not. So they liked the part before he goes to... Before the plot starts. And he likes the part after that. Apparently. But not... So what part doesn't he like? I don't know. The tagline? The exclamation point. The cover? Yeah. All right. Okay. Four out of five stars. Quite fun. Mm. I liked this one because the boy was a bee for most of the book. (laughs) Thus, he had to figure out how to get back to being a boy again. Most of this book wasn't annoying, which made me happy. (laughs) I'm sad this one isn't that popular. I think that this book was one of Arl Stein's better books in the series. I liked the image where the bee inside the boy's body sticking his head into flowers trying to get nectar. I like that image too. That part is funny to me. It it is funny to me as well. Yeah. (laughs) This one... Okay. So the title is... Below average in every way. The rating is three out of five stars. Hmm. So not in every way. No. <laughs> maybe they meant their own average. Like maybe their average is they give a five out of five. Mm. I agree with the other review. The book is spotty and jumps from one thing to the next. The plot isn't even all that exciting. Around the middle, you'll realize that the words are just repeating. How will I get out of here? Will I be like this forever? What will my mom say? Well, you'd be re- fucking repeating yourself too, son, <laughs> if you were in that situation. Yeah. You don't get the will to turn the page and find out what comes next because, honestly, you won't care. The book <laughs> focuses on a single character that you won't have time to care about. You should skip reading this book. There are much better ones. That was so harsh. Yeah, I know. Also, I cared about Gary. Yeah. I can't believe one of these reviewers called him Lutz the Klutz. Like, it's also a lot bullying of them did. him. Actually, a number of them did. I guess that really stuck with people. Yeah. <laughs> All right, over to you. Speaking of low points, I think my lowest point so far in the series, maybe, is one of them, Monster Blood 2. So first up, Alaska gave it four stars. Monster Blood 2 is where Goosebumps really started infecting kids with the series' collectability. (laughs) It was the first sequel, 
and the first to build on its own lore. It was a hit already, but I remember this being about the time the series took off and produced tons of offshoots, like Pogs and Escape from Horrorland video game. Cuddles, the monster blood-fueled hamster, seen on the iconic cover, was, ne- was even an early mascot to rival Slappy, but like Curly, has been left behind for the more popular critters. Monster Blood's a bit of an oddball choice to dedicate sequels to. The series within a series... I'm not sure how it's a series. Like a franchise within a series. Yeah, I guess Goosebumps yeah. is a series. Yeah. yeah. Um, follows one of the more bland Goosebumps heroes. <laughs> Evan's a nervous goof who spends his time worrying while his friend Andy sp- steals the spotlight with her energy and enthusiasm. I agree. <laughs> the concept of Monster Blood is probably the best part of the series. A creepy, goopy substance with infinite power, depending on whatever the plot demands. Fair enough. (laughs) In Monster Blood 2, the Goopy Goop's power is still limited to turning animals and people into scary giants. I loved this one. I loved it as a kid and still love it today. Evan's a bore, sure, but thankfully this isn't told in first person. (laughs) Andy really enhances the mood and has more character than Goosebooks audience audience suspects. (laughs) Goosebooks. A hamster turning into a cuddly monster made for a silly fun adventure without overdoing it on the silliness. I don't know if I'd agree with that. Recommended for series fans. I mean, that is a good recommendation. I agree. So we have a Canadian reviewer, Soros, who gave it four stars and also picked up on some larger social commentary. Excellent. Much better than the first one. First of all, um... (laughs) (laughs) Evan has moved to Atlanta, Georgia with his parents and is not the most popular kid in school. And on top of also being the new kid, he's an easy target. He decided to tell them about the monster blood and naturally they didn't believe him. The fiasco with the said blood has been... (laughs) has been giving Ed, Evan nightmares. I just, this is like when I'm talking to my students, I'm like, would you ever say that? Why do you write that uh, then? The fiasco with the said blood. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's very perfecting how someone can speak fluent English, their and, native language. And not write it, yeah. But when they write it, it goes very weird. <laughs> so the said blood has been giving Evan nightmares. His dog growing outrageously large as well as his father. Did that happen? No, it didn't. Do you have maybe a dream about well, it? Well, he's really small at the end of Monster Blood 3. Oh, so it, maybe this person thought that actually his family had grown <laughs> yeah. and all of his house yeah. and clothes, but yeah. he just shrank. Yeah. He didn't shrink, I mean. Yeah, he was the same size. <laughs> the way the teachers are too daft to decipher which are the bullies and which are the victims reminds me of how I know that the teachers, an American, an American educationist country, for the most part, is truly effed up. Much like in real life... Not incorrect. Yeah, I I agree. Just harsh words from Canada. Much like in real life, when teachers punish the victims of bullies because they don't want to deal with it, so they take the easy way out. Sounds like this person may be speaking from experience also. They are not interested in justice. His one thankful moment is when his friend Andy comes to Atlanta to live with her aunt while her parents go off somewhere. She brought the monster blood with her and decides to feed it to the hamster you see on the cover, which naturally causes havoc. Another cliffhanger ending. Not exactly tantamount but not entirely predictable either. Four out of five stars, much better than the first one. What do you think they mean by tantamount in that sentence? Paramount? Hmm. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. (laughs) I'm not sure. On the opposite end of the opinion spectrum, John, who gave it three out of five stars, said, Sequel never as good. Nowhere near as good as Monster Blood 1, which I rated a five. Annoying exchanges between the teacher and Evan and the bully and Evan. Also, do we really need to know constantly what Andy's wearing? I mean, I would say yes. We do. Yeah. Actually. What happened to the witch portion of the story? Good Good point. Yeah. (laughs) FYI, Monster Blood 3 is better, and I gave it a 4, but I could have skipped this one. Huh. Monster Blood 3 is more upsetting, because Evan's an even bigger jerk. Mm -hmm. Like, literally and and figured. Yeah. Uh Well, I've got one more, which I'm excited for your reaction to. 
Rajesh G gave it three out of five stars. Title, He's One Hungry Hamster, which I think is the tagline, maybe. I think so, yeah. Boring. Story is all about the hamster. <laughs> Cleaning and feeding. <laughs> Nothing else. <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> I think that might be a review based on the picture on the cover. <laughs> I hope Arlstein got to see that one, though. Yeah. All right. Deep trouble. So there's a theme with these reviews. I want, I want to see if you can spot it. <laughs> one out of five stars. Don't judge this book by its cover. Don't judge this book by its cover. And I mean that as negatively as I can. <laughs> this is not a story about hammerhead sharks or other predators of the deep. If it had been, it might have been one of the coolest Goosebumps books ever. No, this story is about mermaids. Yes, mermaids. I'm not sure what Arlstein was thinking, especially when a story set in the oceans could have opened up so many Jaws-esque storylines. Maybe the publishers thought that the violence of shark attacks would have been pushing the envelope for children? Yeah, probably. Yeah. Although I think it also does happen in the yeah. book. In any case, after feeling extremely cheated by the cover, you'll find out there isn't much of a story here either. Not all Goosebumps books have to be scary to be good, but this one doesn't even feature humor or interesting characters. We have the Tweety Ocean Scientist named Dr. Deep for irony, I guess. <laughs> What's the irony? I don't know. His eager 20-something assistant, our narrator, and his bratty sister. Okay, those were all great characters, mm -hmm. by the way, especially the evil hot assistant. Yeah. After capturing a mermaid, they put her in a tank, study her, and eventually some thugs board the ship and steal her. Human thieves? If you're going to introduce something supernatural like a mermaid, couldn't the final threat have involved a giant underwater mon monster? It did! It did, yeah. <laughs> Read the last page! Heck, even something like The Sea Witch, parentheses, Mermaid Gone Bad, from The Little Mermaid would have been better. This book is a disappointment from the first page to the last. If nothing else, the dying Goosebumps fad ensures that this book won't be on shelves and kids won't be swindled into buying this direct based on the cover. Oh my god. That's really intense there, I feel huh? like there's something implicitly gendered about this complaint as well. I think well. so too. I think they were like, I thought this was a boy book. Yeah. Mermaids are girls and yeah, that's exactly. disgusting yeah and stupid yeah i think you're right Ugh. all right one out of five stars the worst goosebumps book said emoticon <laughs> also every single word is capitalized here like the first letter the or first the letter word? until we get to a point where it's all caps maybe german <laughs> you don't capitalize every single word in german a, a little joke oh oh i see yes jokes <laughs> When reading this book for the first time, I thought, how cool it was going to be. Sharks? Question mark <laughs> Equals goosebumps? Question mark. How awesome. Then when I read the first chapter and all the way through, I just wanted to burn the thing. <laughs> the good. Just a bunch of ellipses. The bad. Dot, 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 dot. You know it would have been okay if the book didn't have freaking mermaids. No. Lots of exclamation points. This is all caps by now. Mermaids equals goosebumps does not mix at all. This mermaid crap should stay far away from goosebumps and not go to freaking Disney films. God. And af after the exclamation point, there's a one there. This is how I acted back in then in the 90s and still do now to avoid this book. But if you're a hardcore goosebumps fan, then pick it up. But if not, period, stay far away. Two out of ten. Well, I guess this person's not hardcore. No. Um, Interesting, too, that they used a different, like, they used two out of ten. Yeah. <laughs> not yeah. A, like, the same as one out of five. Did they give it a one out of five? Yeah. Okay. Well, at least they're consistent. Yeah. Christ, what an asshole. Yeah. All right. Last one. One out of five. 
It's about freaking mermaids. <laughs> <laughs> I remember when I was little and I liked Goosebumps books and there was a new one and it had a shark on it and it was going to be sweet because I liked sharks too. It is a good cover. It is. But then I read it and it was about freaking mermaids. I was so pissed off. In fact, thinking about it now, I'm still pissed off. So I picture this as a 20-year-old who got drunk after work yeah. one day, is like drinking for loco, and yeah. it's like, remember that fucking book? Yeah. I'm it's, leaving a review. That had to be about girl things? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Wow, well, mm -hmm. the internet is an angry place, my friends. It is. The internet was angry that day. <laughs> um, well, thank you for sharing those somewhat upsetting gems. Yeah, yeah. From deep in the Amazon. And soon there will be more. So many more. Yes, yeah, we have we have many ahead still. In the meantime, if you have a favorite Amazon review, you can send it to us at saypodanddie at gmail.com. I mean, of Goosebumps, but also, you know, whatever. Just in general. Favorite Amazon reviews. Yeah. You can also get in touch with us on social media at saypodanddie on Twitter and Instagram. Yeah, rate, review, subscribe, all that jazz. But nicely, not like not like these. Yeah. <laughs> well, you can make your title, It's About Frickin' Mermaids. It'd be kind of funny. <laughs> it actually would be really funny. All right. Anyway. Out. <laughs> yeah. And communication. And communication. <laughs>